Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli. Hey, Meg. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Just so happy to be here. Happy to be alive. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> Tell me what you've been watching. I watched a plane movie yesterday. And I was on a plane. was? Blackbird. Huh? Okay, this is one of these movies where I was like, no, this is made up. This isn't, this didn't happen because, okay, so it's 2019 starring Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet. What? Have you heard of this movie? No. How did a movie starring Susan Sarandon and Kate Winslet two years ago not cross either of our radars? Well, here's what I think probably happened. It mm. probably premiered at a festival toward the end of the year mm. and then COVID hit. And before it hit wide distribution, oh, interesting. It never went to a theater near us. Okay, so this is a movie where Susan Sarandon plays. She's the matriarch of the family. It's got a very Family Stone vibe about it. Okay. Honestly, so similar. It's even like a Christmas. They're celebrating Christmas, okay. and she has all her adult children come back for the weekend because she has ALS, and she has decided that she wants to have one more weekend with her kids and then she's going to end her life because she's starting to see that she's losing control of her okay. body. Okay. So the movie is the kids kind of grappling with the fact that their mom is going to die at the end of the weekend. and Because she's told them? She, yeah, she told them. She It is a clear plan. It's like, everybody come. We're going to have one lovely weekend. We're going to celebrate Christmas, even though Christmas is still a month away. Yeah. And then you guys are all going to leave on Monday morning. And then my husband is going to give me a concoction of drugs so that I can go go on my own terms. Okay. And that is the movie. Um, and it's it's like heavy. It's sad. I don't know what I feel about Susan Sarandon. She drives me crazy as a person. But she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. And she's very Susan Sarandon in this. And, yeah. and Kate Winslet plays the oldest daughter. And she is great in it. I liked it. Like it's, I, I watched it last night and I've been thinking about it all day and just kind of the thought, like the commentary about what does it mean to like savor every moment of your life and you know, that kind of thing. So I think I recommend it. Okay. It's language warning. It's okay. rated R. Okay. And then I also caught a, a like 2003 episode of Friends the other day. And I just want to say it is now kind of starting to look dated the the the, la, the later seasons the early seasons have looked dated for a long time but i feel like they did a decent job sort of making um a lot of it look like timeless and comfortable you mean like the aesthetics Aesthetic. or the content not the content the content okay. is dated you know obviously like their their clothes and so forth oh, the men sure. the men dress terribly in that show but like the women i feel like in the later seasons you can still see them like the way they dress and be like, yeah, people could still wear that now. Yeah. And it's been, it's been 20 years, but it, it was kind of interesting. I was like, okay, th- even the women's clothing is now finally starting to look dated in those later seasons. Interesting. So we're just getting old is what I'm saying. Um. Yes. And I also think that, uh, so I've mentioned we're rewatching 30 Rock yeah. and it's this rewatch where I'm like, bleh. Those really? clothes are bad. Yeah, I think fashion has shifted dramatically in the last year. Oh. And so we are looking at the aughts fashion now, and it's looking really bad. It's. I got to tell you, about two years ago, I, in my mind, fashion has not changed since I graduated high school. Like, 
in my mind, it's the same. It's been the same. Two years ago, somebody posted on my like high school graduation Facebook page uh, a picture that they had come across of a bunch of girls from my high school our senior year. And they're like, look at this fun picture I just found. And I looked at this thing and I was like, holy mom jeans. Like, I cannot believe. And like, everybody's just like in these ill, weird fitting clothes and like t-shirts. and. like the jeans I'm wearing right now are what we thought mom jeans were yeah. when I was in high school. Yeah. And it's all just like, just we've completely reversed where I'm now in high waisted, loose fitting jeans. And in high school, I was in low rise, yeah. tight boot cuts. Yeah. You know? And like that was it. That it's was what so it was. Funny. And it's just very different now. And in another 20 years, we'll probably be back yeah. there. Yeah. I've got I've got an 18 year old niece who's very trendy and hip. Yeah. And like in this kind of hipster kind of way. And we make fun of her, like tease her all the time about what she's wearing. Is it she, Gen Z? Yeah. So like the Billie Eilish, like yeah. giant, giant jeans, jeans yeah, and, and cropped top. And she wears like these big glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And she's I mean, she's a, adorable, but we all like tease her about it. she's a she's a great sport about it. We're all like, Kaylee, what are you wearing? And yeah. she's like, you guys are just old. And like, and then everyone's all see like teenagers on TV. And I'm like, I guess, yeah, I guess that's how they dress. When we were in Sugar House, we had a house full of college girls who lived on the street. I called them the hot girls because they were like young and hot. And I saw one of them one day wearing an outfit I legitimately wore in seventh grade. It was like Jinko jeans, (laughs) like a boxy tee and Doc Martens. It's like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. Okay. Gosh. Here we go. I begged my mother to let me have one pair of Jinko jeans in eighth grade. And she finally capitulated. But the agreement was that she got to pick the jeans. Oh, no. So I could get Jinko jeans, but she had to pick them because she did not want me wearing like the huge, huge ones. Right. Because she has a brain. Yeah. And so she was like, she's like, no child of mine is going to school dressed like that. Right. So she found like the least offensive to her Jinko jeans that that she could find. And it wasn't what I would have chosen, but I was just like this give and take family is give and take, you know? And I was just so grateful that I got my Jinko jeans and I wore those things until they did not fit my body anymore. And then I wore them a little bit longer. I'm sure it just shot you up. To oh. the most popular kid in the school. Oh, I mean, um, as we all know, when was... you finally get that one piece of clothing <laughs> that's going to make you popular, that's when it happens. Yes, Eli McCann famously got zero votes when he ran yeah. for uh, class office yeah. in eighth grade, yeah, not yeah. even his own. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Did not make me popular, but I had my pair of Jinko jeans. Well, happy is Jinko still a brand that exists? No, I don't know. I never had the Jinkos. I had Gap made like a. We made Jinkos for 12-year-old mm. white girls, and those were the pair I owned. So. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. A little more squeaky clean. What What, what have you been watching? Um, <laughs> So, 30 Rock. Yeah. We're also doing a Succession rewatch. Because next week, right? Is No, I think it's... Uh, I don't think it... Is it next week? It's got. It's soon. It's soon. I don't think it's next week. Because we're in fall TV now. Listen, you... I think it was you that mentioned the first few episodes were hard to get into. I was like, what? And we've watched the first few episodes again. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? It took me a minute. I'm remembering now before I started to like Season it. one. Yeah. Yeah. So... And it's like kind of dark. Mm-hmm. And they're all... There's not anyone to root for. And it's not quite funny yet. Yeah. It hasn't really started to pick up being funny. So... Right. If you're watching Succession for the first time, give it a few episodes. Okay. Is what I'm saying. And then The Great British Baking Show. Right. Premiered on Netflix last night. Yeah. And I watched the first episode while I 
started my Lego Haunted Mansion. That the amount of joy I felt when I hit play. I know. And this happens every year. This show, I really don't think I could ever get sick of it. I don't like it any less than I have at any other point. Right. I know. It's the best. Yeah. Um, I forgot one thing to mention that I'm watching. Did you want to say something about Great British Baking Show? Um, Just that I am eternally grateful that it's a thing in my life. Uh, Survivor 41. Right. Right. I can't believe I forgot to say this. Okay. Tell me what's happening. (sighs) So... They're doing 26 days instead of 39. Right. I don't like that. That makes right. me really upset, but I, I get it. I feel I feel like they Does didn't Does it have make you choice. upset because the season won't last as long? So the, they're doing the same amount of episodes. Okay. Um, They're just going to be lingering longer, which honestly, I'm okay with that aspect, but I want them to do just more episodes and still do 39 days. Like I want more time with the people on the island. I always feel like it's a little rushed because so much is going on in the show. Okay. Um. The reason why I don't like it is I feel like they've made it easier. Like they, they're chop, chopping off like two whole weeks. And in every season, when they get to like those last 10 to 15 days, people are like, it, that's when it gets grueling for them where they're just yeah. like, I don't know if I can make it, you know? And I feel like chopping it down to 26, just, it doesn't feel like the real thing to me anymore. So I'm upset about it. And also I love comparing season to season and winners from season versus winners in other seasons. And I don't feel like you can do that adequately if they're not playing the same game. Yeah. That said, uh, they've added some new twists. Uh, they are giving them much less food and making them like fight more for the food because they're basically like, you're only here for 26 days. So we're not, we're going to make the island experience more uncomfortable for you and make like the elements more difficult for you to deal with. I do kind of like that. I don't want them to be starving and I don't want their lives to be in jeopardy, but I am okay with like on some level, the trade off of, okay, if we are going to shorten this thing, then let's make it more grueling for what it is. Do you eat snacks when you watch survivor? Yeah. 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 (laughs) And the show does make me feel hungry. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like if I watched survivor, I would be constantly eating while watching it. Well, and especially as you see them get skinnier and skinnier, Yeah, you know, and they like, some of them look so emaciated by the end and others, there are seasons where like, you'll have somebody on the Island who is just like, damn good at spearfishing and so like nobody's hungry because they're always bringing in like a barrel of fish even that though like how much fish can you eat yeah i don't know but so i I don't know and there's yeah there's some extra twists that i feel like could flop or they could be great Mm -hmm. sometimes they introduce a twist that makes the game too complicated and then it's like almost unwatchable on some level and then they'll get rid of the twist because they realize it didn't work My perspective on Survivor is I like that they try these things. Okay. And I like that they're pretty good at taking them away once they realize that it was just a bad idea. Mm. So Okay. Well, cool. Excited for you. Thank you. So we also watched The Labyrinth because uh, (laughs) I think it was John wrote in and emailed, wrote in and emailed um, and requested this. So, John. What? What is happening (laughs) in your life? I think this is what happened. I think that Jim Henson and whoever made this movie, mm-hmm. whatever studio exec was behind this, and maybe David Bowie, all took an acid trip together oh and gosh. then sat at one of those old school Apple computers, typed out an entire screenplay, and started shooting the next day and didn't make a single change. 
it was it, it is such it's the weirdest viewing experience I think I've ever had in a movie. It, yeah, yeah, and it's not like Troll Two where it's bad and you're like, "This is the worst thing I've ever seen." It's more like I'm not following what's happening. No idea here. But I also think that they knew it was bad. Like I think that they were actually self-aware about it. But it feels smart. Yeah, in a way that doesn't quite translate every once in a while david bowie would like legitimately look at the camera and there would be this look on his face that communicated to me like what am i doing where's my check yeah honestly it was like every once in a while i'd be like does david bowie know he's in a movie and then he'd kind of glance at the camera and i'd be like david bowie does know he's in a movie but he kind of regrets it and then like the next scene i'd be like maybe he doesn't regret it and he's just like what the hell? Might as well do he, this I now. I think he regrets the tights. <laughs> the tights were a lot. And Jennifer Conley. T- oh, oh, she is simultaneously 30 and 4. And the most annoying teen oh, I have ever encountered. She would have these scenes where like she would be like, "We must go to the castle and and get the baby." And she like sounds like an adult and then she's like, "But I'm really scared. And I'm like, who are you? How old are you supposed to be? Imagine being that stepmom and having to deal with that oh. kid. I am 100% on the stepmom side. Oh. I'm sorry, you want to go out once a week with your <laughs> husband? Yeah, I think that your stepdaughter who doesn't have any friends and like spends all her time imagining about goblins can go ahead and babysit this kid for is you. so weird. And yeah, she should be going on dates. I think that's an appropriate conversation to have with her. It's time for yeah. her to get out of her mind and start interacting with her peers because that girl has some issues. Major issues and she's super mean to a baby. So mean <laughs> to a baby. <laughs> like there was a part of it early on in the in the movie where I'm like, is this going to be a movie about shaking baby syndrome? Because she's like holding this child and like yelling at it as it's crying and she's like kind of jerking it around yeah. and I was just like Toby is... be careful with Toby yeah, this is a baby this is like a newborn baby it's not a newborn but it's still yeah. a Within baby a year. It's, it's a year under old. a year I would give it a year it's in a crib Meg it's a, yeah okay yeah. quick parent lesson babies uh, are in cribs until they're two Thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate you giving me a quick parrot lesson. You're welcome. Um, but this is a small baby. Like, this is not, this kid's not talking. No, it's a baby. Yeah. And not walking, I think. Here's my hot take. Hmm. I think the baby would be fine under the tutelage of the Goblin King. He seemed like he'd a have good a time. great life. Yeah. You know, why not inherit that kingdom? They Power. seem to have a fun, it's like a bunch of goblins partying all the time. It's well kept. Why are the goblins afraid of David Bowie? He doesn't seem he dangerous. Doesn't, yeah, he's not violent. I mean, but, the hair's a bit much, but other than that, what's the fear? Also, are we a little uncomfortable with the, the peach she ate and then had a sexy dream about David Bowie? Yeah, a child having like a sexy dance sequence with David Bowie was very weird. How old was Jennifer Conley in this? She was born in 1970. This came out in, so she was 16. Yeah. Yeah. I just did the math How in my head. How old David Bowie? Um, he was born in 46. Okay. He wrote the music for this. Are we concerned? So he was 40. Are we concerned? Is just he wrote this music? Yeah. Good for him. Mm. Do we think this is Bowie's best work? I went down a David Bowie Wikipedia hole this morning because I was like, I actually don't know much about him. That was a weird dude. Oh, no. I love David Bowie. Yeah. His death was 
I've seen my husband genuinely upset uh, a handful of times. And when David Bowie died was one of those really? times. Really? Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, David Bowie was just one of them, one in a million. Like constantly evolving, innovative music. What really mu- what music? What of his music was like impactful to you? Because I feel like Stardust. I, I don't have any exposure to David Bowie in my life. Um, yeah, Ziggy Stardust. And he did a lot of stuff with Lou Reed and... Apparently had a relationship with Mick Jagger. Like, oh, with Mick Jagger. Romantic. I know with Lou Reed. Um, yeah, but he was kind of like, you know, a very fluid sexuality. And I think he lot, meant a lot to a lot of queer people. And there, There's a whole Wikipedia section on whether or not he was gay, bi, or straight. And it like nobody knows still. Because he... At, Why not? In the this, above. In the 70s, he said he was bisexual. And then later he was like, I think I just wish I was bisexual, mm. but I'm actually straight. But then his his first wife is like, no, he like had a romantic relationship with Mick Jagger. Like there's a, there's just like all this like conflicting information about his sexuality. Where it was like maybe like a big admiration thing. And he was translating that as romantic feelings. Maybe. And then he was like, nah, I prefer women. But then maybe he went back. Yeah. Uh, he was married to a woman at the time of his death. Yeah. Um, his son's on Twitter, actually. Oh. He's just like a really talented, inspirational guy. So, I mean, this movie is ridiculous, but like every time there was a scene with David Bowie, I'm like, yeah, give me more of this, I guess. Like, yeah, it's just kind of fun to watch because it was it was such a circus. I was never annoyed with him. I was more like, what are you doing here? (laughs) I have no idea what's happening, but I'm not mad. Yeah. Yeah. Confused. Yeah. Not sure why this movie exists. Some of the puppets were legitimately cute. Um, there was like a worm puppet that I wanted to take I did like the worm home. puppet, but a lot of them were kind of upsetting. <laughs> the big monster puppet. like wah, Yeah, wah, the wah. way Muppets move, if they're meant to be like evil, it's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> because they move so unnaturally. It's, it's weird to see. Like, I know that this is Jim Henson. And I know that these are Muppets, like these are Muppet type characters, but they're not the regular Muppets that we usually see. Isn't it? Doesn't it bother you? And so watching it, I felt like I was in a weird dream. That's how I feel watching Fraggle Rock. Like it's like a a knockoff of something that you are familiar with and have like a relationship with. It's like watching The Little Mermaid in Spanish where it's like, oh, this is just not hitting right. Except what's weird about it is it's not somebody knocking off the Muppets. It's the guy who makes the Muppets just making something else. Yeah. I think it's like watching the, (gasps) um, the last season of Gilmore Girls. Okay. You know, where you want it to be the thing so bad, but it's not the thing. It's, I was going to say, it feels like uh, that musical that came out this summer, the Lynn. Dear Evan Hansen. No, no, the Lynn Miranda Manuel. Manuel, In the Heights. In the Heights. It felt like watching In the Heights and being like, this is like Hamilton, but it's like a knockoff of, like a bad knockoff of Hamilton, but it's made by the same person. Yeah. It's like um, you're, you're thinking about Chris Hemsworth and then Liam Hemsworth is what you get in the movie. I could not tell you the difference between those two people. Yes, you could. I don't know. I, I, could, I can't picture either of them currently. Chris Me, Hemsworth is my hall pass. Oh, really? Let me pull up a picture. I think he's... I, I, I know a lot of gay guys who find him attractive, but I think he's more for straight women. Really? Yeah. Because He's not for me. We've had this discussion before about long-haired men. Yeah, it's not for me. And... I, I just always like question the hygiene of straight men. I'm always like, your hygiene's probably bad. That's what I think. I think that is 
whatever the opposite of homophobic is. I also do, oh oh yeah okay straight phobic we're worried about that. I don't know this man. What is he in? Chris Hemsworth. He's in. Uh, Meg's showing me a picture. Of I Chris hate Hemsworth. to. That's not a good picture of him. No, I, there's better. There's better pictures. Is he who's who does who was in Wonder Woman? Chris Pine. Oh, that's another Chris. There yeah, there's a lot of Chris. Cr- too many Chris's. Yeah, there are too many Chris's. Chris Pratt. Chris, ugh. Ugh. Oh, do we want to talk about the Mario Brothers movie? What? There's a Mario Brothers movie? And Chris Pratt is going to be Mario? Can't do it. I will not watch that. Under no circumstances am I watching that movie. I recognize him. Does he do superhero movies? Yeah. But not just superhero Who's movies. Who's Captain America? The other Chris. Evans. There's another Chris. There's that an- does, he's the one in Knives Out. I can't keep any of these people straight. They're Chris, all the same to me. Chris Hemsworth looks best with long hair, and I can't find a long-haired photo here. Oh. That's your man. That's Meg's hall pass. Anyway, right, the labyrinth. Put, put your phone down. Do okay. we think that this is a coming-of-age story or an attempt at a coming-of-age story? Was, was any thought put into it? I feel like at the end, they were really trying to be like, let's make this story mean something. And it was like, Yes, I don't have to think about the Goblin King anymore. He has no power over me. Right. And that's why I'm coming back to reality. And I'm going to go be a teenager. But also, sometimes I'm going to think about my imaginary friends. It felt like very Winnie the Pooh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. But like very sloppily constructed. Okay, you know what, though? So I was making fun of this movie and talking about how bad it was. I did. I had never seen this. Skyler grew up with this movie. Like this was one of their family movies. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you're making fun of it because you didn't grow up with it. He's like, you grew up with Never Ending Story, which is, which is just as weird. ridiculous of a movie. Yeah. But like it was part of your childhood. So you've just accepted it. And I got thinking about it. I'm like, if I had seen this as a child, this would have just been part of my canon. I'd be like, yeah, Labyrinth. It's, you know, it's Labyrinth. Uh, I saw it as a child and I wasn't into it. Really? Yeah. I remember because you were scared. Well, no, I wasn't scared, but I was bored. And I think I had that same like these are fake Muppets. <laughs> give me the real give Muppets. me the real Muppets like why are we watching this Muppet Treasure Island is right there this would have been better if if it was the real Muppets it really would if have. it was like Kermit the Frog yeah was the Goblin King yeah I, well no keep David Bowie as the Goblin King I do like it when there's one human, human. star among all the Muppets it's always a little Tim Curry is really good in Muppet Treasure Island did, did you see that tweet a couple of years ago when somebody was like Pick any movie and replace all of the characters with Muppets except for one person and and it will make it better. And somebody was like, Devil Wears Prada with Meryl Streep would have been a better movie if they were all Muppets. For some reason, I just thought Sleepless in Seattle, keep Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) Meg Ryan's Miss Piggy and Tom Hanks is Kermit the Frog. I love that one. Right? I love that one. All right. And there's a little frog playing his son. Yeah, the tiny, the little frog. I love it. But no, give me Meryl Streep with Miss Piggy as like the Anne Hathaway character. And I'm totally down with that. And Meryl Streep just like throwing her coat on Miss Piggy. And she's like, <laughs> Inception. <laughs> who's, who's the human? I think you still keep Leo, but everything else is a Muppet. And then Leo <laughs> taking it so seriously. I love it. Face off. Um, little women keep uh, Laura Dern. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Only yeah. Bob. Bob. 
I can see Bob Odenkirk playing with uh, Muppets. Like I, yeah. he is like the face and personality of the human in a Muppet movie. Do you know he had like a medical emergency a couple months ago? Uh, heart attack, right? Was it a heart attack? And now he's I, doing okay. I saw like the headline about it, but I didn't look into he's it. He's doing okay. Also, I forgot to mention last week because I was so into talking about Lula Rich. Um, Norm Macdonald died. Oh, and uh, he was my all-time favorite. I know. And so I've been spending a couple weeks just remembering Norm Macdonald jokes. The funniest one that I hadn't heard until his passing was a joke he did on John Stewart about. Um, the Crocodile Hunter. What was it? I'm not going to spoil it. Just okay. look up his joke about the Crocodile Hunter on okay. The Daily Show. It's like a minute and a half. Huh. I, I feel like I didn't know much about Norm MacDonald. And then when I started watching some of his stuff after he died, I realized he had this recurring role in The Middle, which I used to watch. The and Middle? The Middle. Yeah. He played like the brother of the dad and he would like show up and he was just kind of a doofus. And I really liked him. In Not that. Malcolm in the middle. No, the middle. I don't know the. Oh, the middle, like with the with the mom Ma from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was like pretty good in it, and I. I liked that show. Like it was not an A plus show, but it was like consistent enough that I was like, I could put it on every week and yeah, keep up with it. Sure. And he had this really fun recurring role in it, and like was very funny. I saw him perform at Wise Guys. Oh, really? It was the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. Really? That's cool. It was so fun. Yeah. He was so funny. And I think everyone's funnier live. Like, yeah. even the funniest stand-up you've seen recorded is 10 times funnier live. I wasn't breathing. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. And it was one of the funnest nights of my life. So anyway, Norm MacDonald, he will be missed. Anything else you want to say about The Labyrinth? I, do I recommend it? I watched it with Ivy. Oh, did she like it? Yeah. Like, she sat and watched the whole thing. Um, Ramona, who is six, and Stan, who are two, gave up about halfway through. It was too much. I think Ivy was kind of like, that was weird. Yeah. But she was engaged the whole time. Yeah. Which I feel the same way. I think I at least recommend pulling up the musical numbers on YouTube and watching them because they are really funny. They and just funny. look at David Bowie's eyes and... And you can see what he's thinking. Well, I also don't think he's much of an actor. No. And that's why you can see what he's yeah. actually thinking. Yeah. It's just like, what am I doing? Why yes. am I doing yes. this? How much am I getting paid? This wig is heavy. <laughs> These tights are sheer. I don't know how to act and especially not with Muppets. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's a skill we can uh, overestimate. Having yeah. to act with Muppets would be. Every time I see a celebrity talking to Elmo on Sesame Street. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Labyrinth. Watch the, it or don't. The, this is such a weird tangent that my brain just went to, but Justice Sotomayor was on um, Sesame Street once and she was mm -hmm. very good. She, this is what made me think of it. She was very good talking to Muppets. She, it's a really cute segment. Did you know that Justice Sotomayor got sworn in on a Book of Mormon to the Supreme Court? I did not know that. I heard that a while ago and I was like, oh, that's just a rumor. And then I found an interview where she explains that she got sworn in on a Book of Mormon. Wait, why? Because she, when she was a judge on, a, you know, a district court, ju a federal judge, she was sentencing a Mormon guy 
And um, her interaction with this guy and his Mormon family was like very positive. So at his sentencing, she, you know, was getting ready to give him his sentence. And she said, I just want to let you guys know, like, I really value or I see a lot of value in your family. And I can see that, like, your religious and church community is is has helped you guys through this. And I think that that's going to be really instrumental in helping him, you know, reform and whatever else Mm -hmm. uh, as he serves his time in prison, blah, blah, blah. So after that. The mother of this family sent her a letter to thank her for like the kind words. And she was like, here's a Book of Mormon, like sent her a Book of Mormon. Justice Sotomayor in the interview calls it the Mormon Bible, but it's clear she's talking about a Book of Mormon. And so she was like, oh, that's so sweet. And she held on to it. And so when she went to get sworn in, she was like trying to decide what book she wanted to get sworn in on. Oh, do you get to pick? Yeah. Yeah, you get to choose and you can and you bring your own and, you know, make it meaningful for you and whatever. And so yeah, that's she cool. she was like she was like had like such a tender feeling about that experience that she's like, I'll use this book because she like liked the tenets that this family was talking yeah. about. And so she like legit got sworn in on a Book of Mormon. And I was like, that is so weird. That is weird, <laughs> but sweet. It's really sweet. And so my new thing is I'm now going to start telling Mormons that Justice Sotomayor is their justice oh, and that they need to just like get behind whatever she lightly. does. <laughs> um, As we know, fried green tomatoes, the whole hinge of that thing was you've got to be testifying on an actual Bible. So I'm yep. I'm surprised they let them choose their own book. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's not a real thing. Like the fried green tomatoes thing. He just, he felt like he could be dishonest because it wasn't a real, okay. That movie is nothing but truth. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Nick's going to join us next week. We're going to do our fall movie preview. Yay! So tune in next week. We'll be doing that. Thank you so much for listening. I admit this episode was about an eighth about the labyrinth and an eighth we're recording on a Saturday and our brains might be a little yeah malfunctioned. But thank you for sticking with us and we'll be back next week. Talk to you soon.